Hello and welcome to another episode of Nonprofit Vision. This is your host, Greg Nielsen. I'm the president and CEO of Nielsen Training and Consulting, where we work with nonprofit organizations all across the country, helping to translate leaders' vision into reality. I want to welcome everybody back to the podcast this week. And this week is going to be a special episode. Uh, in honor of Memorial Day, uh, we're recording this on, on the week of Memorial Day, the holiday and the celebration. I've invited a good friend of mine to join us, Chad Graham. Chad is the president and CEO of the Woody Williams Foundation, um, a foundation that you're going to learn about on the episode today that does amazing work for Gold Star families all across the country. Chad, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Honored to be here. Chad, it's great to have you join us. Chad and I have known each other uh, for a number of years. I consider him a good friend. Chad, if you could maybe tell us about the, tell us about your own background first before we get into the, the work of the foundation. Absolutely. So, um, you know, quite a number of years ago, we as a family decided that we needed to start a foundation. Uh, you know, none of us had any kind of background, formalized background in nonprofit work. So um, as a part of, of just trying to learn um, more about it, I had the opportunity to go back to school and, and study um, business with a focus on nonprofit administration. And that really helped me understand at least a starting point. I know that all of us that work in uh, the nonprofit field learn every day. I don't, I don't ever see that changing. Um, but yeah, that, as far as educationally, that's, that's really my background is, is focused um, with that, that business education with a specialization in, in nonprofit administration. And before that, it was, it was a, a myriad of different, different things, everything from training horses to uh, touring as a musician. So have had a, a lot of interesting life experiences, which I'm really fortunate and thankful to have because they've all played into uh, approaching problem solving and being creative with our organization. So I uh, live here in Louisville, Kentucky, which is where we're he headquartered out of and um, started with the foundation as a volunteer and then had the opportunity to now uh, work for the foundation and really watch it blossom and grow and, and see the impact of our work. And the impetus of the foundation is it's obviously named the Woody Williams Foundation. It's named after your grandfather. Talk to us a little bit about the, the motivation for starting the foundation and a little bit about your grandfather. Absolutely. So uh, Woody Williams is the last living Medal of Honor recipient from World War II. Uh, there's less than 70 of these recipients still living. Um, you know, our current conflict has, has several recipients. The bulk of those that are alive are from the Vietnam era. We have just a handful of Korean uh, recipients left, and he is the sole surviving World War II veteran that wears our nation's highest honor for valor in military service. And Woody uh, is still kicking at 97. He'll be 98 in October. He's still traveling a great deal. Um, really feels that, that he is the caretaker of that medal. He will tell folks Though his exploits on Iwo Jima, which is a, a storied battle in World War II on the Pacific front, uh, he was a flamethrower operator and has a quite, quite a heroic story behind his military uh, career, does not consider himself a hero. And he considers it an honor and, and he considers him the caretaker of the medal that he wears. And that really goes back to his, his time even before he went into the military. Uh, he was from Quietdale, West Virginia, and grew up on a little dairy farm there and tried to enter the Marine Corps. At that time, they had a height requirement 
of, I want to say it was five, eight or better around that neighborhood. And he was five, six. So he wasn't able to enter at that time. Later, they would take the height or reduce the height requirement because we were needing people. Um, we were losing such a number of service members in World War II. They lowered that height requirement. And in the interim, while he was waiting for that to kind of happen, um, he was delivering messages via Western Union Telegram as a taxi driver. And some of those messages were, were delivering, delivered to Gold Star family members. So here's a young kid that didn't have any military training at the time, definitely didn't have any bereavement training and how to deliver the news to these Gold Star families, these families who had lost someone in military service. So he was the one giving that knock at the door to these military families whose loved one, you know, obviously they didn't have the communication capabilities we have now. They were operating um, from a much more removed space. They couldn't monitor what was going on in real time, even in the world. So they were going on handwritten bits and pieces and they all had that fear that, uh, you know, having that loved one in the military, especially in World War II, um, that their, their loved one might not come home. So that was one of kind of the, the seeds that was planted in Woody's heart. And then when he went in the Marine Corps, he ends up in the Pacific theater, uh, fought on Guam in the liberation of Guam. And he fought at the battle of Iwo Jima and as a flamethrower operator, um, had opened up a lane so that his company could advance in a very strategic point on Iwo Jima as a flamethrower operator. Um, typically their life expectancy was minutes, um, literally in that battle. He, uh, he was awarded the medal of honor, uh, when he returned home by uh, Harry Truman at the White House, which is a, a story within itself that that he harkens back to uh, quite frequently. Um, and in the same visit, when he was getting this medal that he couldn't even really comprehend what it was, uh, he met with the Commandant of the Marine Corps, who was at that at that time a also a Medal of Honor recipient, who gave him a grain of advice that he should never do anything to tarnish that medal of honor that he wears and let him know straight away that that medal did not belong to him. It belonged to those who did not get to come home. So here you have this, you know, 22 year old young man um, that is now the bearer of our nation's highest honor. And he saw that as a responsibility um, throughout his life of military service, both with building relationships with those he has fallen comrades that he served with, and then later working in, in the Veterans Administration where he was helping Gold Star families who had lost a loved one in military service get their, their benefits and, and navigate all of that process to, to get those benefits and, and life insurance and those kind of things. So you saw this repetitive kind of nurturing of, of this seed of responsibility in Woody um, that we needed to do something as a community and as a society to honor these families and keep the legacy of their loved ones alive. You know, the, these that had essentially sacrificed, made that ultimate sacrifice with their life so that all of us that are listening to this podcast can be free. And, you know, there's definitely a, there will always be a generational impact to that sacrifice. So if you fast forward through his life to his mid eighties, um, you know, mentioned earlier, he came to us as a family and said, we need to do something for gold star families. We as a society, I don't think it's been purposeful by any means or intentional. Um, we haven't done, we can never do enough, but there had never been at that point a national effort to recognize and honor these families and, and their loved ones. There had been, you know, 
different efforts in different parts of the country that, that were very impactful uh, to pay tribute to those who had made the ultimate sacrifice. There were some two Gold Star families, um, but nothing in a concerted effort nationwide. Um, that's not where we started, but it is where we have, have come to now. Uh, now that we have programming in all 50 states and Guam um, with now 85 uh, monuments that we've dedicated to Gold Star families, and then each one of those is kind of our forward operating base and what's now 160 communities to do outreach for Gold Star families, raise public awareness, and then provide some education, advocacy, and educational scholarships for Gold Star families. And it all, once again, goes back to the seed um, pre, you know, 1941 to 1945, really the, the beginning, the impetus um, of, of our organization and it has, um, it's transformed a lot of lives. I'm not one that we serve. Um, our, our family was very fortunate that those who served in our family did get to come home, but it has definitely impacted those of us that are on, on the side of, of building and carrying out our programming and to see it impact communities all over the country. Um, you know, literally from sea to, to shining sea and, and, and beyond what we ever could have comprehended is something that is an honor every day. So everyone listening to the podcast, uh, I'm sure you can see now why, uh, as I was thinking about Memorial Day this this weekend and reflecting on just the meaning of uh, of honoring those who have fallen on Memorial Day, how how and why I would think of Chad and, and his grandfather, Woody Williams, and the foundation. Chad, for those who are listening, uh, and we have some international listeners as well who may not be familiar with that term, Gold Star Families. Can you just get everyone on the same page? of What, what do we mean when we talk about honoring Gold Star Families? Absolutely. And, and very appropriate, Greg, like you said, on Memorial Day. So when, you know, when we, when we have what folks will consider patriotic holidays, uh, our 4th of July, Veterans Day, Armed Forces Day, Memorial Day, all Armed Forces Day, we're, we're honoring those who are serving. Memorial Day, we are honoring those who gave their life in military service. So Memorial Day, sometimes I, I think, uh, you know, folks might let the true meaning slip out of focus. Um, it's much more than a weekend or a, a Monday off of work or, um, you know, a cookout with friends or any of those other, you know, the kickoff of summer. It's something much more meaningful. Um, so on Memorial Day, we are really focusing on those who have sacrificed their life while serving in the military. And Gold Star families are the families of those who have sacrificed their life while serving in the military. Um, and that's, you know, that sacrifice can look different across our service members. Um, our organization serves families of all circumstances of, of, of sacrifice. So, you know, you have our service members that, that may have uh, different, different background in terms of, of how that sacrifice was made, but all of them have a family that they're attached to. So when you think about, you know, Focusing on Memorial Day, you think of, of celebrating that holiday or, or maybe a more appropriate word, commemorating um, those sacrifices on Memorial Day with your community. We wouldn't have the opportunity to do that if it weren't for freedom. And our Gold Star families thinking of the Lincoln quote, those who have the, the solemn pride that, that must be theirs to lay such a costly sacrifice upon the altar of freedom. 
they are the family that gave one of their own so that we could be free. And so really gold star families with that attachment to Memorial Day is, is it's such an appropriate time for us to remember gold star families because for them, every day is Memorial Day is something that we say because their loved one is never coming home. Uh, they made that ultimate sacrifice while serving in the United States military. Um, there are other, you know, you, you mentioned we have some international listeners. I think of Australia right off the top of my head where they have uh, a similar um, name and, and something that they recognize in Australia because, you know, it, it, we're, we're not the only country that, that supports freedom and democracy and we're not the only country that, that loses um, our service members uh, while they're in, while they're serving in, in their military, um, but, but you know we have gold star families in every community. I would I would wager to say, uh, especially here in the United States, there is there is not a community that has not been touched by by the sacrifice and loss of a service member, and their families are our community. So when we think of our community, we can think of it, and this is kind of our the way that we try to view it through our programming. Um, one of, the, one of the aspects of our monuments helps tell the story. So there's a picture of the of my, for those of, the, of those of you can see the image of the monument behind me and, and those listeners, it's a four panel granite monument and each panel has a pillar attached to it. Homeland, family, patriot, sacrifice. And then there's the void that represents the legacy of that loved one. So homeland, family, patriot, sacrifice, and legacy. Those are our pillars. And so when we think about Gold Star Families, Really, the, the beginning of that is to think about homeland in that panel that represents every civilian life in your community, every veteran life in your community, every, every currently serving military member in your community, and it also represents their families. And that can represent those who paid the ultimate sacrifice in their Gold Star family. So when we think of our homeland, when we think of our community, when we think of what makes our home us, it's, it's our people. It's the place and it's, it's all of those components of community. So there are those, uh, once again, I, I, I know this to be true. Um, those that are listening to this podcast, there are folks in your community that are Gold Star family members that have had a loved one pay that ultimate sacrifice for all of us to be free. And Chad, as you mentioned earlier, one of the most visible signs of the work of the foundation is the monuments that you all have placed in communities and states all across the country. Talk to us a little bit about the significance of the monuments, what those represent, um, what those represent to the foundation, but also to the family members and, and communities at large, how they bring communities together. I think one of the interesting things about the monument is, once again, when we started the Woody Williams Foundation, we, we had no idea how nonprofits work. We, and quite honestly, we had a much um, more, you know, or a much smaller focus at that point. And that was our, our initiative was one monument and a single scholarship in the state of West Virginia, which is our founder, Woody Williams uh, home and wh where I'm originally from as well. And that was the goal. Um, once that monument was built, uh, we saw the impact on Gold Star families and we knew we kind of got that tap on the shoulder that said, hey, you got a whole lot more to do. And, you know, we really feel that responsibility to be ours and we share that responsibility with each and every American in every community. So when we saw the impact of the monument um, for Gold Star families, and, and I'll kind of pause there. One of the things that I know Many of us that are on this podcast or listening to this podcast and a part of, of all the work that you do, Greg, we have a, a preconceived notion of what 
our efforts will bring about and what will the impact of our mission be. And sometimes maybe we're, we're not paying enough attention. Uh, and then we have the opportunity to, to really see it. And it's kind of that aha moment. I know for us, um, Gold Star families, one, we hear about three, three things very consistently. One, now I know my loved one won't be forgotten. Uh, the old saying goes that you die two deaths when your soul leaves your body and when your name is no longer spoken. The monuments for these Gold Star families ensures that communities will continue to remember their loved one and carry on their legacy of service. And that's so that's one thing that we that we learned and that we hear that is so impactful to us because we're 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 observing that the impact on these families. Uh, number two, it's it's definitely a message of gratitude from Gold Star families because they have a place to go. Uh, to call their own. These monuments don't belong to our foundation. And quite honestly, they don't belong to the community. They belong to the Gold Star families. And we as a foundation work with the community to be much like Woody considering himself the caretaker of that medal on behalf of those who didn't get to come home. We get to, be, we get to participate in that same responsibility of being the caretaker of this monument for Gold Star families. So that's, you know, it's that piece of gratitude from Gold Star families that this has never been done. And then, and, and, and third, not only is it a place that belongs to them, but when you think about um, Gold Star families, people will say, what a Gold Star family, you know, you, you have that, we're all to some extent visual thinkers and we have right. to think of what, what represents this family. And it is a true cross-section demographically of our country. Um, we have Gold Star families from every walk of life, um, you know, from every part of our society. And so Gold Star families look like our families. Every family is so unique. Um, so that kind of the, the third thing we hear is all of these families handle the grief of their loved one in a unique way. And the freedom of the monument for them as far as application is they, some, some for instance, some Gold Star families um, may not have a place to honor their loved one. We have those families who, uh, whose loved one is missing in action or, um, you know, talk to a Navy Gold Star family even yesterday that, that their loved one is lost at sea. So they don't have a headstone to go to. Um, and then we have some Gold Star families that would prefer not to relive laying their loved one to rest. Um, so there's all these unique needs for these families. And one of the things that, you know, kind of that third thing that we consistently hear is that this provides a place for Gold Star families to use as they see fit. So roll all that into what the impact that we've observed from Gold Star families. And then also seeing Gold Star families for the first time come together that may have not known each other, even in a community. The Gold Star families that live a street apart that never knew that they were both, they share in that grief in such a uh, unique way uh, of that, that loss and that military unit, and that family, the monument allows strengthening in, in the Gold Star family community. And then we look at the impact that it has on the general public. You know, um, not only our veterans and our military families, but also just John, John and Jane Q. Smith that are uh, civilians that they may not have ever had anybody in their family serve, may not um, have known what a Gold Star family is, but through this project, we get to see all of the community come together because one of the things that we learned as a nonprofit is fundraising 
is is so is, is a necessary part of all of what we do, regardless of what our mission is. And that's a that's just a piece. The support locally to carry that mission out, all of that goes hand in hand. And so the monument for the whole population of an area allows folks to give up their time, talent, resources, money to make this happen. And it brings all those folks together, but it also has an influence on the culture of the community because now they have this this place of permanence that becomes, for us, we see that as the beginning. Uh, the monument is a, is a project within itself, but these communities that, that carry out the monument project we tell them, hey, now you're ready to do work. You know, you've got a forward operating base now for all mission focused activities to flow from. And you've got a you've got a footprint in that community for that for that programming. So we thought it was just the monument at the beginning and we thought it was one monument. And then we saw the impact and we saw the opportunity and we saw the responsibility. And from that one monument, you said, has grown th- this national effort. Uh, you know, 50 states, Guam, for those who may be listening to the podcast, who may be sitting back and are curious and saying, is there a monument in my own state? Is there a monument in my own community? Do people have a way to look those up and see where, where you all have been and how you, uh, how you are doing the work that you're doing? Absolutely. So our, uh, our website is the best um, resource for that, woodywilliams.org. And if you go to woodywilliams.org, you go to the monuments tab, you can scroll down and it has two sections. One where you have monuments that have been installed. The construction phase is complete. The monument, as we say, is in and doing work. It is serving the mission. And then there's a group of communities on the other section where there are projects in progress. So they may be, at, at, they may be brand new or they may be at a stage of completion where they're waiting to really you know, install the monument and, and allow it to get to work. So there's 160 communities total, 85 that have completed the construction and installed the monument. And then the others that are, that are still in progress. And there are links on there to plug folks in because if, you're, if your community has a monument, there are places to get you involved. If, it's a, if your community ha- is working on a monument, there's definitely a way that we can plug folks in and get them involved and get them information about it. I will say something exciting for us is how communities um, embrace these projects and how there is a, a healthy, um, I guess, you know, it kind of en- encouragement community to community is to say, wow, this is very impactful. This is very important. Our community needs one of those. So we, we've been really, for us, once we saw that next level of goals and, and responsibility, communities have come to us by and large. I would say less than 10% of the projects did we really actively go out. And I mean, we were always on the road and we're always encouraging folks to get involved. But by and large, we've had communities always come to us, even, you know, we're adding a new project every 10 to 12 days. Um, and so communities are coming to us. So we would, we would definitely encourage everyone to, uh, you know, go to, go to our website, woodywaves.org, go to the monuments tab, see if your community is already involved, uh, get involved, even if they are. And if your community doesn't have one, we offer all, the, we, we like to, to help folks do this as pain-free as we can, because we've, we've been through the learning process. So we don't want anybody to have to recreate the wheel. So from tip to tail, um, we provide support 
to get the project funded and done and, and all the project management piece. And then in perpetuity, how we can, we can utilize that monument to keep it in the community spirit and on the front of their mind every day. And that's something you mentioned a few minutes ago that I, I wanted to follow up on briefly because you said the monument is really a starting point. You know, sometimes we see a statue, we see a monument, we see a museum, and we think of it as just a building or just a statue or just a monument. As you said, it's a launching point for other types of programs, other types of efforts to honor those Gold Star families, to memorialize their sacrifice. What are some of the things that you've seen that have really grown out of uh, having that type of monument in the community? So we've seen, I'll, I'll use this this past month as an example, May 2021 for us um, was really all of those things. We've had some projects that have matured. So now they're really in earnest clicking into the outreach components of each location, each community. Um, that can look like this monument being used as a gathering place just for the Gold Star families. They themselves coming together to say, we're going to come together in an act of remembrance and we're going to say our loved ones' names. That's that's something that is hugely important. Um, these families saying their loved one's name and then the community learning those names, learning about the human aspect of, it's not just a soldier, a Marine, a sailor, an airman or a Coast Guardsman. These are people. There, There is a human that laid down their life for people that they even know. Then, you know, and, and so the, the monument provides a place for them to come together. So it can be as straightforward as memorial service for the whole community. It can provide a place for uh, veteran service organizations to use to honor those who paid the ultimate sacrifice and their Gold Star families because they always typically have a Memorial Day program. Where do they have it? This is a perfect place for them to engage. Everything from that to um, we participated in a program in Dallas where about 15,000 people were out walking mile after mile carrying. Um, it's through a partnership that we have with an organization called Carry the Load. And, and their, uh, their tagline is, who are you carrying? So you were carrying this loved one with you, that, you're, that service member that had paid the ultimate sacrifice. You learned about them. You said their name. And in many cases there, we were able to interact with their families as well. So the monument provides a place for those kind of activities. And then, I mean, I think the visibility of it, it's, it's like you said, Greg, some of these permanent structures or, or monuments or buildings or whatever become a landmark in your mind, but subconsciously it starts to become a part of your community. So when you see that time and time again, your awareness is naturally going to be raised so that when folks say, yeah, you go up to the Gold Star Families Monument and take a right. Well, if it's somebody that's not from your town or somebody that's not familiar or new to your community, even those saying, you know, just saying the place and the Gold Star Families and, and the use of the term and visiting, even if it's driving by, when you see it, it becomes a part of the community. So we have everything from very formalized programs to activities, 5Ks, fun runs, bike rides, motorcycle rides, where we have motorcycle groups ride in honor of a Gold Star family and their loved one. So they'll ride from monument to monument. Um, you know, it's a it's really a way, and I think in a time when we we need to come together as as communities, um, this is something that is inclusive. And it, like I said, Gold Star families are a cross section that you know. So it's there. There is 
the the legacy represented by the silhouette of that that service member who's never coming home um, is is every single one of those service members. That's what it represents. So I think it's it's something that can unify our community as well. Um, it's not you know it's apolitical. We've seen we've seen people from all spectrums of of the political side of things rally behind this. Even I think that's a, a one of one of those easy examples because typically we think of the very polarizing nature of politics. We see these folks kind of lay that down and say, hey, regardless of where they come from or where they land on that spectrum, they're going to support it. And we've seen, you know, once again, folks that maybe wouldn't typically get in a space together, kind of put that away, you know, um, right. and, and support these families, which is so important because all of us, all of us have those unique freedoms that we wouldn't have if one, one for these families giving one of their own. And so the least, the very, we could never do enough. The very least we can do is honor them. Chad, before we wrap up, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask about your grandfather, Woody Williams. I had the privilege of meeting him a little over a year ago at the, at the dedication of a monument um, here in Kentucky. Uh, how is your grandfather doing? Last time when I heard him speak, he was dynamic. Man, I, I, I would have guessed that he was 57, not 97. Um, how's he doing these days? Appreciate you asking, Greg. He is doing great. Uh, we were on the road uh, a lot of May, as I mentioned, uh, for instance, he went from uh, his home in West Virginia to Pocatello, Idaho, and then to Elkin, North Carolina, then to Gallipolis, Ohio, all in the space of about four days uh, to speak, you know, in support of Gold Star families with, with some dedications of, of monuments, as well as speaking on Memorial Day um, as a Medal of Honor recipient and in support of Gold Star families. He's the Energizer Bunny, as we say. Um, <laughs> he is strong. He is healthy. He's just, you know, he's so focused. Something that he has shared with us he, for as long as I can remember is that we are here to serve. We are on this planet to serve. We, and that needs to be our purpose. I think if everyone embraced that, um, might sound hokey, but it's true. Our world would be a better place. Um, but he sees that. I really think that's what keeps him going. He gets up every day with a mission and a purpose and, that's been his life. He, he has lived a life of service and he lives that example. Um, and, and he lives it genuinely. When you, when you see, I, I asked him, because people joke in this, Oh, well, Chad, you've got the genetics. And I always say, when's it kick in, man, 41. <laughs> and I'm dragging, trying to keep up with him. And uh, I was joking with, with him and, and we call him Papal. And I said, I said, Papal, where did, did the, did it kick in at 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, um, he just kind of laughed and he said, I don't ever remember it not being there, the energy. And I think that's just his heart and soul. I mean, he has a drive yeah. in that purpose. And, um, we, we talk nearly every day, if not every day, I always, uh, you know, have, have a pen and paper because he's never, he, he is never going to be the kind of person that says, well, we've done it. We can now. We can rest. He is always looking for opportunities to serve. Um, I, I know that's something that is important to our to our family. I think it's had. I think people that it, that impacts them. I think they see the genuine, heartfelt nature of how he pursues service, and it's it's infectious. We all look at it and go, "Wow!" You know, you think, um, you know, even just it doesn't have to be something as 
permanent or grand as a monument or traveling all around the country. It's, it's very simple, deliberate acts of kindness and service that make the biggest difference. I mean, that's something that the monument, one of, one of the impacts of the monument, we provide all these opportunities for people to give um, in any way they're able. Not, and, and I'm not talking uh, financially. I'm, I'm talking about going out there and educating folks about Gold Star families or saying a, saying a fallen service member's name. Those deliberate small acts of kindness once again, it's a snowball, man. It's it's infectious, and people. That's that's what our responsibility is, and I think that's something that he he spreads the word of that, and and I think that's what keeps him going. Absolutely, Chad. I really appreciate you taking the time to join us. For those who are listening, I I sent Chad a text probably two or three days ago, and I said, "Hey, man, you wanted to come on, uh, join me on the podcast? I think that it, it would make for a great episode." Really appreciate you responded right away, jumped on it, uh, and I'm thrilled to have you join us. Really appreciate your time. Honored to be here, Greg. Thank you for all you do, and uh, yeah, I know all the folks that listen to your podcast. I think it's something that everybody gets a lot from. Um, but your, you know, your insight and, and your service, uh, just want to thank you. I appreciate it, Chad. Before we wrap up, for anyone who wants more information about the foundation, about the work you do, how they might be able to contribute and support what you do, um, just remind everybody about that website uh, and also how they can reach out and contact you. For sure. It's woodywilliams.org. And if you prefer to, to shoot us a phone call, it's 888 eight three nine seven one nine zero and if you look up woody williams foundation via google uh, it should pop right up and um i would encourage everybody to do that and, and i would just if i might be so bold greg make a challenge to everybody on the podcast if you don't know of someone who has paid the ultimate sacrifice you don't know the name of a service member that gave their life while they were serving in the military i would encourage you um there's some links on the website uh, there's tons of resources via Google, um, you know, to, to search, learn one of their names and, and say it, say it out loud. Um, just, just do that. And when you do think about the fact that that person has a family and then tell one other person what you did and what it means. Great advice. That Chad, thank you again for joining us. Also, special thoughts and thanks um, to everyone who's listening to the podcast, to our Gold Star families. We certainly honor uh, the service and sacrifice of all who have all who have served for us. Chad, thank you so much. And to all who are listening, have a wonderful week. Uh, stay safe and stay well.